Welcome to E to the Power of Three, a podcast of Bridging the Gap, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. Today, we are honored to hear from pastor, writer, and Bible teacher, Becky Meyerson, as she has a conversation with our podcast host, McKelty Bloom. In this episode, they will be discussing Becky's new Bible study, Courageous Pioneers, and what it means to be a pioneer, what tends to hold women back from starting new things, and they'll also look at four biblical examples of powerful women pioneers. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome, Becky, to the podcast. I'm so excited to be with you in person. We have talked so much over Zoom, but there's just something special about being with someone in person. I know. It was so (laughs) wonderful just to come in and give you a hug. I just am so excited about today. Yes, I am really, really excited to talk about this specific topic of your new Bible study, Mm -hmm. Courageous Pioneers, because... One, the word courageous is one of my favorite words in the English language. (laughs) And just being able to unpack women and being pioneers and being courageous, it's one of my favorite topics. So thank you for taking the time to come and talk with me about this. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited for where we're going to head into today. Right. And we were already talking before we started about how, you know what, we have our questions, but we'll see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. (laughs) As always. But I would love for you just to take a couple minutes and introduce yourself for maybe those who don't know you. Um, Who is Becky? (laughs) Well, I have been married to Scott for 45 years this summer, and um, I've actually known him since we were in grade school. So he kind of seems like my forever. (laughs) And and we still really like each other and love each other. We have four (laughs) beautiful daughters, a couple of son-in-laws, five grand darlings. Mm. Oh, I love that. (laughs) That are just a joy to be around. Um, I am a licensed pastor and a writer and a licensed life coach through Go and Tell Gals. And let's see. Oh, yeah. So we were talking earlier about I'm an organic garlic grower. I just, I when you told me that for the first time, like, oh, I grow organic garlic. I was like, one, I didn't know garlic wasn't organic uh-huh. in the first place. And two, what does that even mean? So what does it mean to be an organic garlic farmer? Well, you know what? I can't, I'm not even going to get into it because this is not one of the sidelines we want to take. But, but, you know, there's a whole story behind garlic and where we get garlic from. And we, America's huge huge consumers of garlic yeah. and but it's not orga- organic I'm just telling you what you buy no in the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> I feel too There is bit. nothing like Minnesota homegrown garlic mm-hmm. and when my sisters I'm the oldest of five girls when we inherited the family farm we thought what can we do we're city girls what can we do on this farm we launched into organic garlic and it has been quite the adventure and one of the things I love the most about it is putting my hands in the dirt that my grandmother had her fingers in. Mm. It's just, it's a 110-acre organic farm in mm-hmm. northern Minnesota that my grandpa was born in. So mm-hmm. I love organic that so garlic. much. <laughs> oh. yeah, you are a very, very busy lady, and we'll jump into that in a little bit. But I would love to hear how you got connected with Bridging the Gap, because you have been involved, and you knew um, the previous director, Carol Lund, really well. Mm-hmm. So what has your role looked like in Bridging the Gap over the years? Well, uh, let me back up to when I was 30 years old, I heard the whisper of God, pastor. Mm. And I thought, oh, my word, 
I've got three little girls at this time. This is probably not for my life right now. I tucked it in my heart mm -hmm. and I waited. It wasn't until I was about um, 48 years old that I went back into the classroom here mm -hmm. at North Central University to get my pastoral degree. I graduated at 50 and I landed this job at Emmanuel Christian Center mm -hmm. in Spring Lake Park and, and I tapped into Carol. Mm -hmm. Carol was my mentor. I got hired in women's ministries and adult education, and Carol was my mentor. And I learned so much. I, just like everyone else, you know, applauds her and how much she's yeah. invested in, in our lives. And I tapped into her. And then I also served in, at Bridging the Gap. I was mm -hmm. one of her advisors and in leadership roles for about eight years. Mm -hmm. Invaluable time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, anybody who comes into Bridging the Gap, hopefully you just take away something, especially if you come in contact mm -hmm. with Carol Lund yeah. in any way. But you just have so much different experiences. You mentioned a little bit of those and going to Emmanuel, going, you know, becoming a pastor and, and being involved in ministry. And now you have your own ministry. And I would love for you to just share a little bit about what that journey was like and being at Emmanuel and kind of being this, this educator and working with women and then what launched you into starting your own ministry. Okay, well, at Emmanuel, for about my first eight years, I was part-time because I had a teenager. Mm -hmm. And I was one of those moms, I was one of those other moms you look at that has a baby at 43, <laughs> if you can believe it. <laughs> so this is like 13 years after my last one. But Mackenzie is such a blessing. It's, it's just unreal, as you can imagine. <laughs> but um, so I was part-time because I had this teenager. Mm -hmm. And I served in women's ministries and adult education. And then um, when Pastor Nate came on, um, Nate Roosh as our lead pastor, mm -hmm. he asked me, can you come on full time? Mm -hmm. Mackenzie had her driver's license, perfect opportunity you know, for <laughs> yeah. me to do that. A little bit of freedom when yeah, that happens. So <laughs> I moved into full time and then we shifted positions a little bit and I was serving in first impressions and full time job, 250 volunteers underneath me, leading teams, building teams, you know, and like four or five ministries on Sunday morning that I was in charge of. Mm, oh, wow. So Sunday mornings and I was getting... I was like 60 at this time mm -hmm. and, and, and just turning 61 and I'm like, oh my word, this is exhausting. <laughs> you know, early morning Sundays and, and I'm, you know, I go into work. Well, this one Sunday, I actually that morning felt myself being more energized as the day went on and more joyful. And, and that was so unlike what normally happened in an exhausting Sunday. Mm -hmm. well, on the way home, I remember exactly where I was, driving up Highway 65 toward my home in Ham Lake. And um, I'm like, Lord, what just happened to me today? Hmm. And I just felt him say, I just leaned over and kissed your forehead, and I want you to do some of the things you love in your 60s. Hmm. Oh, my word. I got home and I said, Scott, I think I'm going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, let's go for it. Mm -hmm. Now, I loved my job. Mm -hmm. I loved the people I was working with. I surprised myself as much as I surprised them on Monday morning when I walked in and gave my notice. Wow. But I have learned, I had learned through the years that when you sense that release of God, mm -hmm. when you sense that shift, that you need to be obedient. Mm -hmm. And the longer that you wait, because uh, other times that I had waited, I, it was because my emotions were tied up in what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Or I was too yeah. afraid of what that next step was going to bring me, you know? Mm -hmm. And really, the longer we wait, the longer we are in disobedience, yep. I yep. feel. So I was like, I learned my lesson. 
I was ready to obey and see what God had for me in my 60s. -hmm. And so I went in and gave my notice. Two weeks later, I'm done with my job. And and that Monday morning, I look at God and go, well, now what do I do? (laughs) I did exactly what you said. Now what? (laughs) Now what? And he said, what do you love to do? Hmm. And I said, I love to write. I love to teach. I love to encourage women. He went, get going. Hmm. And that was five, seven years ago. Six. I just turned, no, seven. I just turned 67. <laughs> the number keeps going up. Oh, <laughs> How long? <laughs> Six, seven years ago. And I've been writing ever since. And just mm-hmm. absolutely, you know, sitting at my desk, looking out my home window, mm-hmm. and just soak, being able to spend hours in the Word and just soaking and learning and teaching when I have opportunity and, and yeah. writing. Just absolutely loving it. I, I love that. I really love that. What is it, do you think, about teaching women specifically? that you just love so much and that encourages you? Well, I think one of the things is, I remember being in my 30s and looking for mentors Mm. and not finding them and thinking, what, do all of the women retire in their 50s and head to Florida or what? (laughs) Where are they? And I remember saying, I am not gonna be a woman like that. Mm -hmm. I want to always be investing in younger women. That's good. And but I have a heart for older women too my age. Mm-hmm. You know, women in general. It's like I am ready to invest my life. Yeah? Would I like to go to Florida for a couple of months <laughs> next winter? Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe this winter would have been a good one to yeah, be down there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I can invest through my writing. I can mm-hmm. invest through through even all the hours that I spend reading and studying and listening to God's voice, then giving that and giving that. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Well, you do it so well. I mean, you have such a beautiful website, and I've loved getting to know you more over the the years and getting to know your material and the Bible studies that you put out and are just so encouraging and just completely lead people back to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And one of the ones that you just released this year Mm -hmm. is Courageous Pioneers. Yes. And... It is, look, looking at the cover, the cover alone is just stunning. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love for you to just share a little bit about what this Bible study is about and where your heart came from, from this. Well, okay, so back up about three years ago, maybe four, I was getting ready to speak at a women's event. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm kind of meditating that day on what I'm going to be teaching and, and um, praying for them and praying for the Word. And the word pioneer drops into my heart. And I'm like, but Lord, that's not what I'm teaching on. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that word? <laughs> and and uh, I just did not have a sense I was supposed to change my teaching at the last minute. But I did take a few moments and look up the word um, pioneer. And um, so when I, I went to the dictionary, just first of all, and pioneer means a person who is among the first to explore a new area. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first to research and develop a new area or knowledge or activity. And then you know how they always have nouns and verbs you yeah. know, underneath that kind of expand on it? Well, some of the nouns are trailblazer, discoverer, developer, innovator, groundbreaker, pathfinder. And some of the verbs begin, start, introduce, launch, instigate, spearhead, give birth to, mm-hmm. or set in motion. Well, at that time, I didn't know what to do with that word, so I just tucked it in my heart. Mm -hmm. Kind of like how I picture 
Mary, the mother of Jesus, doing when she saw certain things and heard certain things? She just didn't know what to do with them. So she just tucked them in her heart and waited. Mm -hmm. Well, a year later, it was in December, and I'm asking God for the word for the year. I like to do that. I kind of go, God, how do you like to frame my year? What do you have in mind for me? What what do you want to work in me, and how can I work? You know, where do you want me to set my, my attention? And the word pioneer came. And I knew Pioneer was going to be my word. And that was in 2021. Mm-hmm. And that, I look back now on that last year, that was my pioneering year. Mm. You know, it was, first of all, I started listening for that word. And I started hearing the word Pioneer across the world. Mm. Different Bible teachers and leaders and pastors would use the word Pioneer. And I could sense that the Spirit of God, you know, when the Spirit of God is about to make a move or wants to make a move, there's a theme that runs across the universe. Yeah, I believe that. You know, and you start hearing it everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the Spirit of God was saying, I am calling a generation of men and women, but my heart was on women. I was Mm -hmm. thinking women. I am calling a generation of women to arise as pioneers. I want them to be trailblazers. I want them to be pathfinders. I want them to be influencers. Mm-hmm. I want them to be different ma- difference makers right where they're at. Mm-hmm. So I started writing. I started writing Courageous Pioneers. But I also felt like God wanted me to take some risks of my own. So mm-hmm. I, made some, I made some major changes in 2021. I launched a new website. Now, I had just learned how to do WordPress, and then <laughs> I'm launching a brand new website on a new learning curve, but I'm like, I'm, I'm going for it. This is my word for the year. I'm going for it. And then I, re- I revamped one of my ministry areas, and that is my Rooted Live um, Bible reading plans or study guides. Mm-hmm. Um, and I revamped it into a membership and a community, which was a huge risk. Mm-hmm. And, but that's okay, because I felt like God was saying, this is the year, Becky. You know, just go mm-hmm. ahead and, and take a risk. So I wrote all last year and then, and then released the Bible study. Yeah. Uh, I just, it's so good. What something that I really like for writers or just creatives in general is when they're writing something for others, but it's also affecting them personally. Mm-hmm. And they're also feeling that personally. And it sounds like yeah. that's what was going on with you as yeah. well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. God was calling me to be a pioneer mm-hmm. and and to pioneer in areas that I least expected and to write at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And in this study, you focus on four women in the Bible and really thinking, okay, diving into their stories and talking about how they were pioneers of their time. So do you wanted to share a little bit about who those women were and what drew you to their story? How are they pioneers? As a single mom, we know you face a lot of challenges. It's exhausting. We want to give you a weekend to relax, be refreshed, and have fun at the Single Moms Retreat. You'll be inspired by amazing speakers and powerful worship and connected to other women who know exactly what you're going through. Enjoy free giveaways and activities, including Diva Boutique shopping, a spa, car care, and the girls' night out. The Single Moms Retreat is June 3rd and 4th at Lake Geneva Christian Center in Alexandria. Learn more about attending or volunteering at mnbtg.org retreat. So the first thing I did, um, just because I'm a teacher, I'm a learner, I go straight to the word and I'm kind of like, okay, where in my Bible can I find the word pioneer? Mm-hmm. Well, 
I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. In my version, I couldn't find the word pioneer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I know the Bible's filled with pioneers. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. know it, you know. There were other translations who spoke of Jesus, like in Hebrews, that he was the pioneer of our faith and our salvation, Mm -hmm. the author and the finisher, you know, of our salvation. And then another version talked about Paul, that he trailblazed the gospel from Jerusalem across the land, you know, that he was a pioneer. But I'm like, Lord, where are the women? Mm -hmm. I want to study the women. So I just started taking a look at um, Sarah, Hannah, Esther, and Deborah my heart just latched onto those women. Mm-hmm. And like I read Sarah's story and and after reading it I I, I titled it Sarah Pioneered a Nation. Mm. It also could have been called Sarah Pioneered Faith. Mm. Because as you read her story, boy, do I identify now with Sarah. Hmm. Sarah wasn't my favorite character until <laughs> I started studying her and I found my life so much in Sarah mm. because because Sarah made mistakes. Sarah moved ahead of God. Yeah. Sarah laughed when she didn't believe something God said. Mm-hmm. Sarah spoke harshly to another woman, mm-hmm. cruelly to yeah. another woman. She blew it. And yet, in Hebrews 11, 11, God says, calls Sarah a woman of faith. Mm. And I'm like, Lord, even when I blow it, even when I move ahead of you on the calendar, yeah. even when I say things I shouldn't be saying, Okay, you still look at me and call me a woman of faith. Mm-hmm. And it said that she believed in the promise. So somewhere yeah. in that mess, Sarah still had faith and, and held on to the promise of Isaac. I just, I love that. So yeah. Sarah yeah. pioneered a nation. Esther pioneered freedom. And I know you love Esther. That's my girl. <laughs> Esther is my girl. <laughs> I think Esther is so many of our girls. <laughs> it's just one of our favorite stories. But, you know, as we dig into Esther, we remember that her story is, it begins with, with competition. There is a beauty pageant yeah. going on. It begins yeah. with competition. It's filled with insecurities. Not only the, how did Esther and the other women who are competing for the queen position feel... And all that, and all that insecurity there. But then being called to something bigger than herself, yeah. And the insecurities that come with that, and realizing there's a bigger picture here. Mm-hmm. I think through those three days of prayer and fasting that Ace Esther headed into, God did solidify something in her life, so that she could say, "Okay, I'm going into the king, and if I die, I die." Yep. This is it. But I also think she got a strategy of the next step Mm -hmm. of what she should do. I love the Esther story. Mm -hmm. Esther pioneered freedom because she obeyed God every step of the way. Mm -hmm. She listened and she took that next step. Because you can just see the story unfolding. I go into the king and I know the first step. I know Mm -hmm. the first banquet. Now I'm at the first banquet. Now I know the next banquet. Mm -hmm. And God just works with us that way too. Mm -hmm. You know, we might not even, we think we know this first step, but he's like, go ahead. That's what I want you to take. Mm -hmm. Hannah is my third girl. Hannah pioneered the fresh voice of God. Mm -hmm. Now the time that Hannah lived, and you can read in Samuel, they didn't hear the voice of God. They were living under leadership that wasn't promoting the voice of God. Mm -hmm. And here we have a woman who's, her main desire is just to have a baby. And and 
I, there is a word in the Hannah story and in the Deborah story that I love, and that is the word arise. Hmm. It is this tiny little word tucked into a verse in Hannah's story and a verse in Deborah's story and that says arise. And I have this picture of Hannah. She is sitting at the table, and her husband, I think, you know, he loved her the most, so I picture her sitting next to Elkanah. And at the other end of the table, I picture the other wife. Mm-hmm. And I picture darts flinging at Hannah <laughs> uh, as she's surrounded with her children. Yeah, you know, yeah. the darts, the fiery darts, the criticism fired at Hannah throughout the whole meal because Hannah got the best, por- a good portion of meat at mm. that meal. But that good portion of meat actually just reminded Hannah that she didn't have children to share it with. Mm. And her heart is broken. Mm-hmm. And it says she rose from the table and went to pray. Mm. That word rise is not a casual word. It is a determined word. It is I have had enough word. Things are going to change word. Yeah. I have a determination in my heart and I am going to go pray and lay all of this out before God. Mm-hmm. And then we know God answered mm-hmm. the cry of her heart. Mm-hmm. And she had Samuel, and then after she gave Samuel, she had a child every time. She had a new child to bring every single time. (laughs) The floodgates (laughs) opened. (laughs) And then Deborah pioneered leadership, and Mm -hmm. the same thing happened in Deborah's life. So Deborah is a prophet. She's a judge. She's a songwriter. She's a leader. And she writes a song in the second chapter of her story that says, things were bad around here. Things were dangerous, we were oppressed, we were terrorized, we didn't walk on the, on the paths anymore. Um, life just was not joyful or peaceful until I, Deborah, arose a mother in Israel. Hmm. I love that. I'm yeah. like, oh Lord, what does it mean to arise a mother in Israel? And I look at Deborah's story She's sitting under the palm tree in the place God has placed her, doing the work God has given her, and God speaks to her and says, now's the time, girl. Mm -hmm. Now's the time to change the history of Israel, and I'm going before you, and you're going to win. And she is quick to obey. Mm -hmm. That was the arising. When she could write back later and go, I arose a mother in Israel, that was the arising was that immediate response to obedience. And that is one of the characteristics of pioneers, mm-hmm. it, of us as pioneers, is that we hear the voice and we're quick to respond. Mm-hmm. I really just like that quick to respond because I'm a firm believer as well is delayed obedience is still disobedience. Yes. And and so what does it mean to hear the voice of God in our life asking us to do something? And instead of thinking of all the reasons why we can't or it won't work or there might be a delay here, here and there, it's just to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think women, one of the biggest delays for us is we tend to count ourselves out, especially when we are looking at ourselves as pioneers. Mm -hmm. And what does it mean to be the first to go ahead and do something, even when we're filled with a society that causes a lot of intimidation, a lot of comparison, and a lot of reasons that it's like this won't work, Mm -hmm. and the fear. Mm -hmm. So why do you think women, we do that? You know, we count ourselves out, and why don't we consider ourselves as self-starters? 
Okay, I think that there's two two main reasons that I I feel like women count themselves out. <clears throat> Number one is that they really do not recognize the investment that God has placed in them. Mm. They disqualify themselves. You know, it says in Ephesians 2.10 that you, you woman, you girl right now, you are his masterpiece. Mm. You are his treasure. You are his poem, his poetry, his picture. You are his masterpiece recreated in Christ Jesus to fulfill the destiny that he has planned for you. That's good. And I think that women just don't recognize, well, it's just me. Mm-hmm. I just don't have the gift that she has, mm-hmm. or I don't have the ability, or, or I'm shy, or I'm an introvert. Mm-hmm. or you know. I, and so we disqualify ourselves. But one thing that I love to picture is, you know, you remember when Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And he said, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I think of that as in heaven, putting that with the Ephesians 2.10 verse, that there's a destiny. There is a, an adventure for me to walk out in God. There's a plan for my life. Mm-hmm. There is a story written in heaven yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. And I can pray on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my story, Lord. Lord, and so I can go to him and say, Lord, what's my story? What's my story in heaven? What new God adventure do you have for me? And what I don't want to happen is to get to heaven and he shows me this movie of what my life could have been. And I would go, you wanted me to do that? Oh, fear just, I couldn't do it. I was too afraid. Mm. Or I didn't think I heard you say that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, number one, I think that we do not totally recognize that there is this incredible investment in us and we have a story to fulfill. And second of all, insecurity. And yeah. I mentioned that with Esther. Insecurity stops us in our tracks. Mm-hmm. Insecurity is a strategy of the enemy to derail us. Yep, yep. And to paralyze us. Mm -hmm. There is a quote that Priscilla Shire writes in her book, Fervent. And I just want to read it to you if that's okay. I just think it's powerful. So she's defining the game plan of the enemy. Mm. If I were your enemy, I'd devalue your strength and magnify your insecurities Mm -hmm. until they dominate how you see yourself, disabling and disarming you from fighting back from being free, from being who God has created you to be. I would work hard to ensure that you never realize what God has given to you so that you will doubt the power of God within you. The enemy wants you lifeless, disengaged, and brainwashed into believing that you have nothing of value Mm. to offer. See, the enemy wants Mm -hmm. to take you out before you even start. And what he does is he creates this list in your mind. He just, you know, this is what a pioneer woman should really be like. This is how the giftings that a pioneer woman should have. This is what it takes to be brave. This is what it takes to Mm -hmm. be er, courageous. And he pops that list in front of you and you start believing it. Hmm. Insecurity comes when you realize you don't line up to the list of the enemy. Wow. But wow. it's the it's the enemy's list. Yeah. And it's meant to devalue you. Oh my gosh, that's so good, Becky. <laughs> I 
just am like, yeah. I am like, I am not going to let the enemy steal this from me. Yeah. I am not going to let it happen. Mm-hmm. He is not going to derail me. Mm-hmm. He is not going to take me out before I even start. Mm-hmm. Have I felt fear? Yes. Do I like to take risks? No. <laughs> I have to yeah. coach myself. Yeah. You know, taking a risk of switching to a membership in a community with Rooted Live, I had to coach myself through fear and the what ifs. Yeah. Fear and what ifs have stopped me so many times, mm-hmm. especially when I was younger, mm-hmm. especially when I was in my 20s and 30s and 40s. Yep. The what ifs, what ifs, what ifs stopped me. Mm -hmm. That's just not going to happen anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think there's such this emotional piece to women who feel like, what if I fail? What if it's embarrassing? You know, we think, what if it's awkward? What if nobody supports me? Whenever they want to start something new in ministry, if they're starting a small business or anything along those lines, we get so afraid of what it looks like maybe on the outside and how do we push through? Right. What do we stand on to remind ourselves that even if we, quote, fail, I don't believe in failing. I just believe that that was something you learned and you experienced it. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. how do I push through those feelings and continue to have the confidence of if this is what I feel I'm pioneering, this is what I'm starting, Mm -hmm. how do I push through that? Right. So many times when I was younger, I was a no woman. Hmm. No was my first response. And actually, just a tidbit, because I know you have a Mm one-year-old, no is your first language here. I mean, you just head into this no language, you know? I'm like, where did you learn that word? It's just, but for me too, no, don't touch that. No, don't Mm -hmm. do that. No, Mm -hmm. you know, just no, 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 no. And I remember God one day saying, Becky, become a yes woman. Mm -hmm. It changes your whole perspective on things. And if you are always first initial response saying no to God or any idea that he might drop in, like, speak to that woman. Mm -hmm. Go to your school and serve there. Mm -hmm. You know, where do your children's involved? Get involved where your kids. I mean, if we are a no people because no, I'm too busy. No, I'm too stressed. No, it doesn't fit on the calendar. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Become a yes woman. Because if you said yes to God instantly, he would show you where it fits into your schedule and how you can do it. You know, I've had a lot of people encourage me on this, but but Scotty, my husband, is my biggest cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And, And I listen to him at the table. So Scott is an electrical engineer who designs new medical equipment. And he tells me, like you said, failure it isn't really failure. Because in designing new medical equipment, they feel like they're in failure half the time. <laughs> you know, you design yeah, yeah. something, you know, you, I don't, you know, he speaks design language and it goes right over the top of my head, but mm-hmm. I do pick up on a few words. So maybe a chip doesn't work or, you know, what, whatever connection's not working, it's failing, but that's how they're learning. So then they redesign. And then they try again, and then they redesign until they end up with a finished product that saves the lives of thousands. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like God is the same way. You know, I have never heard him say, Becky, take a risk, but don't blow it. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. I've never heard him say that. Yeah. I've, I've instead sensed him saying, go ahead, Beck. Go ahead, Becky. Try this. Mm -hmm. I mean, what have we got to lose? People are going to be blessed. People are going to hear about me. People are going to be encouraged. Mm -hmm. People are going to hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. They're going to see the smile on your face. You know, it's kind of like they're they're 
we got to get rid of that word failure. Yeah. And I think it's really heavy with with women right now who are either switching careers or they're like, okay, I'm going to start my own small business. I'm going to sell these products and things like that. There's the fear of, well, did I just waste my time and what I was doing? Did I fail at that? And I experienced that when I left my social work job. And it's like, I went to school for social work. I'm a licensed <laughs> social worker. Yes. I spent five years in that. And now I'm switching to more of a ministry role. Did I just waste all of that? And God was so clear in showing me look at how much you learned yes while you were there yes look at all of these pieces that now make you who you are Mm -hmm. and you get to transfer that Mm -hmm. into the next thing you do so I think we have to stop with the mentality of I failed at this it was a waste of time and saying what did I learn what did I experience or how did that season because I'm a big believer in season absolutely how did that season grow me to make Mm -hmm. me the person that I'm ready to be now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I remember when I got the pastoral job at 50 years old. And by the way, if you are a 50-year-old listening to this, it is never too old. You're never too old to learn. Age is just not even a, yeah. I remember looking back and going, oh my word, I think everything that I've ever done, everything I've ever learned, every job I've ever held has led me to this moment. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, but I think that's why God said, I've got another adventure for you. Yep. See, there's more, Becky. Mm-hmm. There, in the 60s, there's more. And who knows what the 70s and the 80s are going to bring? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> wow. Well, this has just been the most incredible time together. I feel like I'm sitting over here learning so much. That's one of my favorite things. I always say that when I do these podcasts is I'm supposed to be leading the conversation and I'm sitting here like, yeah, no, that's good. Learning so much. (laughs) But before we just kind of wrap up here, I would just love to hear any final thoughts and encouragement that you have for the women out there who, one, maybe like you said, feel I'm too old to be qualified to do that. I missed my time or I feel like I failed so many times before. Why will this time work? Or I can't be a pioneer. I am to this, that, and then some. Just mm-hmm. whatever the excuse and the lie from the enemy or the insecurity is. So what is just your encouragement for them today? You know, as I was writing this Bible study, I thought those same things. I thought, you know what? Women are going to disqualify themselves even before they buy this Bible study Mm. because they're going to be going, I'm not a pioneer. This doesn't really relate to me. And so what I wanted to do was I interviewed six women just like them, Mm -hmm. everyday women in everyday life doing everyday things, but all out for God, Mm -hmm. just being willing to say, I'm passionate about you, God. I'm hungry and thirsty, and, and I want to fulfill the destiny you have for me. Yeah. And so I interviewed Kathy, who is in her 60s, and and she mentors women now. Mm -hmm. She's got time to mentor and Mm -hmm. got time to teach Bible studies. And I interviewed Heather, who is an introvert. She'll be the first to tell you. She's got two young grade school girls, and she says she's an interview, but she heard God call her to lead a retreat. She's like, I'm not a behind the <laughs> microphone kind of a girl and lead a retreat. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And now she leads and or designs and leads two retreats a year. Wow. And I interviewed Jane. And on the front of my, on the cover of my Bible study are Jane's pictures. Mm-hmm. I asked Jane to draw pictures of Deborah and Hannah and Esther and, and, um, Sarah. I lost, Sarah. Sarah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and she's an empty nester who her love for art has come back into her life. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, art? I can pioneer with art? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. You can pioneer with art. 
It has. She puts her art out there, and it and it brings up a passion in women who are like, I can bring one of my passions and loves back into life. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes, you can. And I interviewed Stacy, a mom of two teenagers, who who blogs and writes books and has a podcast. And I interviewed Katie, a young mom who has a daycare on her farm and wants to teach God lessons from Mm. the chickens and the eggs (laughs) to kids and to adults. And then I interviewed you, Mm -hmm. a mom of a one-year-old who is all in, McKelty. You're all in. You're sold out for God. You're giving everything for God's glory Mm -hmm. and for the good of others. So... The listener who who is just wondering if it's me, yes, it's you. Yeah. You know, God has put us right where we're supposed to be. And what pioneers do is we look at our spheres of influence. And our closest sphere of influence, our family, our friends, our close friends, how can we pioneer here? Mm-hmm. You're pioneering with your one-year-old. Yeah. I'm pioneering as a nana with my granddarlings. Mm-hmm. We look at our second sphere of influence, our community, our church family, our employment, our coworkers. You know, God, where do you want me to pioneer here? Where can I be a difference maker? Mm-hmm. Where can I bring godly influence? Don't give up. You are a pioneer. I want to encourage you. You mm-hmm. are a pioneer. You listener, you are a pioneer. Yeah. Well, Thank you for just taking a morning and sharing your wisdom and your heart and just so much truth, (laughs) so much truth. And I just hope and pray sincerely for every single listener today that they would just let this message just soak into their heart and take them if you're driving, if you're doing the dishes, if you're out for a run, just take a moment and ask God, what's next for me? Or where, what do yes. you want from me? Yes. How can I pioneer? How can I be, I love that you said, difference maker mm-hmm. in the lives of those around me right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So how can people get connected with you? What can they do to find this study, get their hands <laughs> on it, and all the other amazing resources you have? Well, I do have a website, beckymyerson.com. Mm-hmm. It's easy to find. And then um, my podcast is found, uh, it's called Rooted in God's Word. You know, the podcast is was another risk too. It was it was actually very intriguing to me. My as my heart went, how can I how can I help young women have a love for your word? And then I watched my young daughters, younger daughters, listening to podcasts all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can try that. <laughs> <laughs> so my podcast is called Rooted in God's Word and you know what? I'm probably breaking every rule of podcasts because I don't know how it's supposed to be done. So I'm just starting my third season with trying a third different way to do it. And and next year, maybe if, I, if I'm like, yes, this is reaching the women, then God will give me a little bit more definition for it. So Rooted in God's Word podcast and then um, BeckyMyerson.com and you can find my Bible studies and my Rooted Live membership and community there. And we'll make sure to put a link to that in the show notes and on social media when we share the podcast so people can easily find you. And as someone who listens to your podcast, it's great. You're doing oh, thank a great you. job. <laughs> so no worries there. But thank, thank you again you. so much for your time today and just blessing all of us listening today. It was incredible to be here. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of E to the Power of Three. We were honored to hear from Becky Meyerson on Courageous Pioneers. Learn more about Becky and check out her Bible studies, podcast, and other resources at beckymeyerson.com or by following at Becky Meyerson on social media. You can also learn more about Bridging the Gap at mnbtg.org by downloading the new Bridging the Gap app through your app store or by following mnbtg on social media. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to being with you next time on E to the Power of Three.